0: Hey, um, my name's Josh, I'm the youth pastor here at Rivers if I haven't met you, so welcome along, Um, thanks very much, that's great, Um, (laughs) yeah, so, um, sorry, that was really good worship, thanks guys, sometimes when you get up to preach and you've been engrossed in worship, you're like, oh man, I'm the guy that has to speak now, all right. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence, and I pray that it would increase ever more in our lives as you take up um, the room the enemy has taken up. And I really pray, God, that uh, you would just open our hearts and our ears to what you're going to say tonight. Um, Yeah. All glory to you. like Holy Spirit, lead this in Jesus' name. We want to follow you. We want to hear from you, God, including me. Um, We just give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about kids and teenagers and stuff tonight. Surprise, surprise. The youth pastor gets that um, topic. And um, if you've been uh, hanging out with us the last six weeks, uh, our pastor, Tim, has been taking us through uh, the the vision series for our church. So we've been kind of... um, yeah, looking at, well, well, who are we as a church? We've kind of gone through an interesting phase at Rivers where um, uh, we had, da- obviously, the, the legendary Dave Taylor um, who uh, finished up with us last July. And then um, we had, uh, we've had we had a few people sort of come and go. And I kind of feel like when I come to Sunday night, I kind of almost feel like I'm in a, in a, in a different church, um, which isn't a bad thing, actually. I, I love where we're at. And so... Um, yeah, I know uh, Tim and the elders have really grappled with, well, what it, well, who are we as a church? Where is God taking us? And we don't believe that this is a, a Tim Neal vision or an elders' vision. It's actually a, a vision for our church as a whole. Um, and I remember they went through a lot of different things. I've got a lot of emails going, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? And when we got the final one, I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. And that's kind of how a lot of people have felt. So um, I, I want to sort of tease out a little part of our vision as well Um, Even though the Vision series has ended, I'm kind of tagging on the end here and saying, well, hang on a minute. Um, Yes, we've got Tim as our five-day week full-time pastor, but this church also employs, for three days a week, a children's and youth pastor. So we care about kids and we care about young people here at Rivers. And so tonight, I want to talk about the future is here. And um, it's just great. I'd like to thank all of our youth group kids for turning up tonight. I just really want to say thanks. I sent them all a message today. I'm like, don't forget I'm preaching tonight. It's probably why they didn't come. Um, But (laughs) um, essentially, I'm going to actually talk a bit about um, the difficulty that it is for young people uh, to even come to church. Um, A lot of the reasons, like we were supposed to have a, uh, I, I put a junior leaders meeting on last week, last Sunday, so that they could come. But about five or six of them texted me during the day. And a lot of it was, my parents don't want me to come. Or my parents said, I can't go out to youth group and to church like that's too much or it's Sunday night so you know you've got school you've got your exams coming up blah 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 blah. Um, and you know it can be really difficult for a lot of young people to even come to church unless they're sort of part of a Christian family Um, if you come to our AM service we've got a heap of families a heap of kids uh, there as well we've got Boys and Girls Brigade on Tuesday and Wednesday night Uh, and then Gretel Southwell coordinates uh, a playtime group on a Wednesday morning where uh, mums and dads with their preschool kids—not as in they go to preschool, because there's apparently no such thing as preschool anymore. Hashtag that happened in 2004 or something. But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, there's heaps and heaps of stuff at rivers for kids, and I think the fact that um, we as a church employ our children's and youth pastor is testament to that fact. But the thing I, the thing I, re- the reason I've called this the future is here is I. One of my pet peeves is when people say. Um, you know, ah, oh, you know the kids are the future. Um, I went to a, an event this week where uh, um, a really important guy got up in this organisation and he said um, something along the lines of, you know, look at these look at these guys on the stage here. You know, they are our future. And I'm like, but I can see them. So if they're our future, how come they exist already? I mean, they're not the future. They exist now. They're not the future. They're now. We can't keep saying, oh, you know, this kid's got potential or this is going to happen in the future, okay? Maybe their kids are the future. Maybe their kids have got potential. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that, um, you know, God is using young people and kids now. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of you guys hang out with, like, you know, the Jennings kids or Anouk or, or Malachi or, or, or Afi or whoever comes. Uh, and, and, and you can see God in them, right? You can see what God is doing. Um, in psalm 8 it says um, lord your name is so great and powerful people everywhere see your splendor your glorious majesty streams from the heavens filling the earth with the fame of your name and get this ready you have built a stronghold by the songs of babies strength rises up with the chorus of singing children this kind of praise has the power to shut satan's mouth what? Childlike <laughs> so worship will silence the madness of those opposing you. This is this is not something new. You know, this psalm was written a long time ago. And what God is saying here, I believe, is that even when babies cry out, it is worship to God. Even when children come and and just recite back what we've taught them about God, it is praise to Him. In Deuteronomy, um, one of the laws uh, and it's and it's and it's what our um, Bible verse for our youth group actually is. Deuteronomy six, verses four, five, and six. I can remember it. It says, um, "Oh, now, then, I put myself on the spot. Hang on a minute. It says something like this. Um, blah blah. blah. Love the Lord your God, right with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Tell your children. Impress these upon them. Tie it to their hands. Write it on the on the uh, the, the the frames of your doors. You know, this is.'" This is um, who our God is, and yeah. And, I, and what I want to say tonight is: is this. It takes a village to raise a child. This is not a, uh, a proverb from the Bible, but an but an old African proverb, and you've probably all heard this before. But what I'm to, what I'm trying to say to you, though, when we're talking about, you know, that verse in Deuteronomy, we're talking about, um, you know, people, young people in our community. If it just falls to the children's and youth pastor, we're stuffed. <laughs> we are doomed because I have, a, I have one set of giftings and I have one set of time that I can devote to young people in our community. And if it's just on me, it's not going to work. You know, um, Steve and Louisa have three awesome kids. Um, if it's just on Steve and Louisa to raise these three kids in the faith, you know, that's a lot of pressure. And so the Bible actually says, you know, we are God's family. How many of you know that God doesn't have any grandchildren? How many of you know that God doesn't have nephews or nieces? He only has children. And so, in fact, in a weird way, in eternity, Steve and Micah will actually be brothers. That's really weird. And you can kind of like boss him around. You'll probably be taller than him soon anyway. Yeah, yeah. Until then, though, yeah, just yeah, watch it. Um, no, <laughs> but, you know, like, this is a cool thing. Like, and, and we're all family, and, we're, and we are all responsible for this. I believe that it is the church's responsibility, capital C Church, for us to come together and not just raise young people. When we're talking about children tonight, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me, all right? I'm talking about, you know, some of the guys in our morning service who are in their 80s. The Bible says we are the children of God. They are kids, too. We are to raise each other. I'm still growing. And if I'm just growing through my mum, then I'm going to say a lot of inappropriate things. And I'm also... Um, no, I love you, mum. Um, I'm going to be really awesome and really giving, um, but I'm also going to be probably really strict to her. Anytime I do something wrong, my mum's like harsh as... Um, which I'm going to talk about in a sec because I'm really thankful for that. But it is our responsibility to raise together. In, in a way, I'm helping raise my mum in the faith. You know, my mum... Uh, was raised, uh, well, sort of raised Catholic. And it wasn't until I came back to church in my teens and mum said, you know, I want to come back with you. And um, I'll never forget the morning she came out of, this was the prayer room, she came out and, and I've talked about this before and she was crying and she said, I'm a Christian. And my response as a godly teenager was, what? <laughs> You're a what? <laughs> um, but praise God, like how good is that? I'm so thankful for that, you know. There's many of you here that you've got no family that are Christian, uh, we are with you. you know? we, uh, this is the whole thing about being a community. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for that. I have a real burden for the prodigal sons and daughters of our community. There are so many people who've become a Christian in and around rivers that aren't walking with God anymore. Um, and that breaks me like you wouldn't believe. It's like that parable where Jesus talks about, you know, the 99 sheep are here, the one goes off. What does the shepherd do? He says, well, the 99 are cool, but I'm going after the one. And that's where he goes. And, and that's my heart. And so if it comes back to the children's and youth pastor being the one to look after our children's ministry solely, I'm probably going to be bent to more, more towards, as you all have been able to see anyway in my life, towards the non-Christian kids, the kids from the public schools, the kids like me who didn't really know that much about God but, but through youth group and, and through uh, youth leaders was able to come to know him in a really intimate way. Matthew 19 says, Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. I mean, picture this, right? So there's Jesus. You know, he's hanging out in the community. People start bringing their kids to him. And the disciples are like, nah, bro, just back up. Just That's Jesus. Let the kids, you know, they can go and play in the playground or something. Just, he's sweet. Um, I don't know what their playgrounds were made out of then, rocks, I'm not sure. But anyway, but Jesus said to the disciples, hang on a minute, let the little children come to me. I mean, he's really harsh here. He says, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such these. And I know we can talk about you know, what it means to be a child of God and all that kind of stuff in that. But these were, these were little children. And Jesus said, hang on, do not hinder them from coming to me. You know, I believe as a church that it's not just about what we do that's bad that can affect them. But I think it's about what we not do that can also affect them in, in, in a way. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna be really honest, Rivers. I get really sad when I'm as a chaplain in my school and there aren't too many people who want to come in and hang out with state school kids. And I'm, that's not a that's not a stab at anybody. That's just a comment in general on the on on the Capital C church. And I go, where are the Christians? You know, why why are the Christians here hanging out with these kids? You know, we've got an opportunity through chaplaincy, through RI to actually get to know these kids and their families. Um, I'll tell you a really quick, cool story that just happened on Friday morning. I had a parent come to me and he said, did you invite my son to youth group? And I was, at, was always that awkward moment as a chaplain, and I went, uh, yep, yes I did, yep, that was me. And we sat there, we chatted for about, uh, probably about an hour, I suppose, just over an hour. Um, he was pretty, he, was, he wasn't like angry, angry, like he was actually quite tactful and quite kind in his, Way of doing it. But essentially, he said, Look, the church really hurt my family, and I don't appreciate someone coming and inviting my son to church without my permission. However, he had, we, we do proper permissions at our school, and he had ticked yes to all of them, but I don't think he realised. But anyway, I, don't, I, I felt like I didn't get anywhere with him except kind of got to know him. We both worked at Woolworths when we were younger, and you know, I had all these things that I could relate to him. And then Friday night, to my absolute shock and disbelief, he brought his kids to youth group. Um, praise God. Isn't that all? Can we praise God for that? Um, I mean, that's, that, the, those boys are grade two and grade four. That story's just beginning. So uh, pray for them. But you know, this is what our God does, and this is what it means to be a community of God, to be a community of believers in God, um, and, and together uh, coming to raise these kids. Again, if it just fell to me, it wouldn't work. If it just fell to the parents, it wouldn't work. I know there was quite a few of the. We had a boys and girls night, so uh, we had the boys down in the youth hall, and there was quite a few people. Like I know Nathan was really good um, with those boys as well. Um, Actually, I want to honour. Can I? I want to take a minute to honour Nathan because I love Nathan. He does He won't mind me saying that he's a bogan from Caboolture. Um, He's actually a bogan from North Lakes now, which is even worse, I reckon. But um, (laughs) but he's just so good at connecting with a lot of those kids who are just real, you know, no church background behavioural issues, uh, and they just, they just flock to Nathan. So, uh, and I could easily go through all of my youth leaders and, 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 and pick on uh, wonderful things that God does through them. But again, if it just falls to the youth leaders and the youth group, it's not going to work either. My encouragement to you tonight is, even if, even if the only thing you can do is pray, then pray. Even if the only thing you can do is, is remember at night, oh, actually, you know what? Uh, every Friday, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone at 5.30, and for five minutes, I'm just going to pray for the youth group I'm just going to pray for all the youth leaders you know maybe you can ask us um, obviously I can't you know share too many details of the kids but maybe I can give you a few first names and things like that um, and we can pray for those young people because ultimately I want them to know Jesus and I was thinking about this the other day I was thinking you know at what point in my life did I cross that bridge where I don't really have to rely on any other human for my relationship with God now I'm not saying that I don't need the church, as you're going to hear in a minute. Man, I need the church. But I mean, like, if I, if God said to me, Josh, I want you to go to Afghanistan and to a church where you don't know anyone, I'd get to know the people there, and I'd be right in my faith, um, away from you guys, and and many of you would be the same. And I don't know where that 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 bridge is crossed, but it's my prayer that we as a church can help each other, and especially can help young people and children get to that point where they can stand on their own two feet in their faith with God. Um, I'm going to skip the next couple of ones and I'm going to go back here. Whoa, hang on. I almost got there. So yeah, talking about it takes the village to raise a child. Um, look, as a staff, we often sit down and we talk about the whys and we talk about the big picture and we talk about the vision Um, I may or may not have deliberately avoided the meetings about the vision because I'm not a big picture person. Tim will testify that when we have staff meetings, we start drawing in the whiteboard, all this stuff. I'm just like, oh, man, can't we just go and do it? Like, Can't we just like, I don't know, can can I just go and play soccer with a kid or something? Like, this is crazy. Um, (laughs) But I love the practical stuff. And uh, I love that God uh, joins people like Tim and myself where I'm quite practical and I'll just go and do something. If you know your Myers-Briggs, I'm very S, so I just want to just get there and do it. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know your Myers-Briggs, and it doesn't really matter, but I know Tim will think big picture. And we, and we bounce off each other in that, so praise God for that. So I'm going to give you some practical tips. What can we do as a community um, to help raise our kids in Christ? Well, the first one is, um, that's um, not a picture of one of our kids. I was trying to think of a funny joke, but I can't. Um, We have crying babies at Rivers, we have, you know, I think Afi's playing with a little toy up the back there. Um, Actually, probably Jess is playing a bit more so. Um, But we welcome kids to make noise. I said this this morning, and a few people patted me on the back, so I'll say it again. It might sound a bit rude. If you don't like crying babies and lots of noise, there are plenty of other wonderful churches uh, in uh, the southeast region of Queensland. This is, church, this is the church where we welcome that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, wanted, I said this this morning, and maybe I really felt God lay this on my heart, but maybe it's for someone at night too. Maybe you've got a, 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 um, a relative or a neighbor or someone who's got a disability. Maybe they make a lot of noise as well. They're welcome at Rivers as well. We, we don't care um, about people calling out and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we welcome that kind of stuff. So the first tip is, if you hear a baby crying or a kid being noisy, rather than judge them either go and help the parent if they need it or just get over it and just concentrate and listen um oh, and saying that i know how hard it is because i was it was the other day i was watching a show and you know when they have in the corner the person doing the sign language that's all i look at am i the only one that does anyone else do that and it's like oh my gosh i don't even know what they're saying i just want to watch the sign language person but so i get that it's distracting but um we we want to welcome that um I'll just let you look at that and get it for a moment. But <laughs> So the reason I put that picture up is it's not just the women's job to raise the kids. All right, I probably like holding babies just as much as any woman in this church. I absolutely love babies. Um, I know Tim got to hold his uh, little baby nephew and niece this week. You know, it was the first time he held a newborn, so um that's good because that means i can keep holding the babies and tim can uh keep helping the older people in the church um but you know men, it's our job to love these kids just as much to be affectionate with them to wrestle them to um you know to uh, be nurturing um and i know men and women have you know have, have, have definite roles in the church and the bible does talk about that kind of stuff and i'm not shying away from that but what i'm saying is I don't want to be that, that gender stereotype thing of Rivers where it's like, and not just a river, sorry, of society. I don't want it in Rivers where we say only women, only women are to look after the kids. Um, the other one is, this is a really bad choice of picture. I got laughed at a lot this morning. This is a picture of uh, those of us that haven't had children yet. Um, that's really bad. I googled the word barren, and then I realised that's like a really bad word to use. But anyway, I don't have children. I don't have biological children. But... Um, Friday night, I was out in the car park uh, after the, after our junior youth group for about 20 minutes. I was chatting with um, a, a couple, and and the guy, his his sister committed suicide on Monday, and they had the funeral that day on Friday, and they'd brought their son to youth group just to kind of get a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of normality back in his life and that kind of stuff. It's been a really crazy week in their family. They're not Christians at all, and but somehow I don't know how we got onto it, but. Um, you know, they didn't know a lot about my story, and so I, they asked me a bit about, you know, why am I in a wheelchair, and do I have kids, and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then I, I don't know how it came up, but one of them said, yeah, but these are your kids, hey. And I said, well, that's funny, because I'm actually preaching about this on Sunday, about how it's, as a community, we can come together, and it doesn't matter whose kids are who. Um, I know if you talk to Freddie Mpaji, his brother um, has a couple of kids, and they don't call Freddie Uncle Freddie. They actually call him Dad, because in, their, in Uganda, uh, there's no uncles and aunties within a biological family. It's just mum and dad and brother and sister. Um, and, and I believe that in the church too, that we are a family together. We are and Essentially, we are all brother and sister together, but um, with the generations, maybe we, maybe we, maybe within ourselves, not with God, but within ourselves, we play dad and granddad and mum and nana and all that kind of stuff um, within the church. But, um, you know, I, I'll pick on, I don't know if Jo Lee's here, I don't think she is, but Jo doesn't have kids, but... She's probably one of the best people I've ever seen that doesn't have kids that's so good with kids. I know a lot of the parents here are really thankful when they see Joe um, you know, playing around with their kids because she's fantastic. I, when she comes and helps out at youth group sometime, and whenever I, honestly whenever I see her come, my shoulders just go, "Oh, I just know that, that so much of what's going to happen tonight is going to be taken care of because Joe's there." Um, we we've got to stay committed to this this isn 't just uh, you know one person 's job this person 's job or whatever we 've got to as a church be committed um, to raising our kids and to seeing it all the way through this one I, I want to be really um, pretty i want to be blunt with because i 'm not very blunt very often uh, those of you that know me um, but we can 't be forceful we can 't force our kids into faith um, I don't know how many, it would be no exaggeration for me to say I've had hundreds of conversations with young people, um, uh, not necessarily at Rivers, but um, in other uh, things like when I've gone on camps and that, where young people have come to me who are from Christian families and they say, you know, oh, my parents make me do this and they make me read the Bible and make me go to church and they make me, and maybe some of you have that story. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't set boundaries. I think it's really good to, to, set, to set a boundary as a family and say, hey, if you, live under, if you live under my roof, we go to church on a Sunday. I think that's a really good boundary to have. But if we're going to push things on them and say you have to do this and you have to do that because, just because we said, it's actually not going to sink through. And the reason for that is every behaviour um, is, is actually coupled with an attitude or, a, or an unmet need behind the scenes. I'll give you an example. When... Um, uh, when someone, um, hang on, it's hard, to, it's hard to just not say all names and stuff without thinking about it. So there was a, there was a, there was a, a young fellow who must have been about 15 at the time, and uh, he came to me at Youth Group and he said, hey, can we have a chat? And I said, yeah, yeah, no worries. We went and had a little chat, and he said, hey, um, he, was a bit, he was a bit emotional, he said, hey, look, last Friday night, um, you know, I, and I won't go into all the details, but essentially he, he experimented with um, some recreational drugs. And he was really upset and really embarrassed. Now, I thought this is an interesting point as a Christian man. Like, what do I say? Like, of course, the right thing to say and the first thought that came to my head was, well, don't do that. That's really bad and you're a naughty boy. But I went, well, hang on a minute. That's probably not going to work, especially with this guy. So I listened and, and we probably spent an hour just like digging away at, well, what's going on in your life? And what it came down to really was as simple as, Um, you know my, my friends I'm kind of on the outer of our group at school I wanted to look cool I wanted to be seen as the man I was the first one to do it now all my friends thought I was really cool but all it left when I went home all I did was cry and feel guilt and feel shame and I said to him and this is such a profound moment in my own life and again this is where God in using us to do stuff for him actually blesses us back more than we could dare ask or imagine right I said to him, well, what, it, what, what is something that, that fills you? And he said, The only thing that satisfies me. He didn't say it like that because that would be weird, a 15 year old to speak like that. Um, he's like, Oh, you know. But, he, but the only thing that satisfied him, <laughs> <North> side, <laughs> The only thing that satisfies me is when I'm actually worshipping God. Like He's like, You know, when we're at youth group or we're at gents camp and their music's on, he said, I just, there's something in my heart that everything clicks. And he said, Then for hours later, I feel good. And, and so I said to this morning's service, um, what I should have said to the kid was, you know, don't do crack, do Jesus. Um, but <laughs> Which someone's written on the back of my car, actually, which is quite funny. Anyway, um, but really, like, Jesus, Jesus, like when people are out of school, I was having a conversation with some staff members this week about why I'm a Christian, and I'm like, well, Jesus, is, Je-, and I literally said, Jesus is my beer, and he is. You know, when I want to um, you know, chill out and feel good, now I read the Bible or I listen to some worship music or I just enter into his presence because that, for me, is the best thing I've ever found. And that was what this kid said too. So if we force that on our kids, it's not going to work. They've got to discover it for themselves. And I want to encourage you, as, uh, especially those of you, and many of you are going to be parents one day, I want to encourage you as well, This don't just tune out for this part, but that the pressure is not on you to, raise, to, to make them Christian. Right? That's God's job. No one, no one forced you to become a Christian. In fact, statistics show that 88% of people, 88% don't become Christians through their parents or, or when their parents are there. Only 12% make a commitment with their parents. So actually, most of the time, almost 90% of the time, it's actually going to be somebody else that brings their kids to faith. Um, I know many of you here, uh, I'm looking at, at, at Megan and Wynne, and I know their boys... Um hear lots of great things from you, but I know Gents Camp has been like a, a profound thing in their boys' lives that has really kicked them on in their faith. And it has for me too, I've only ever gone as a leader, but I look at my own spiritual journey and um this is this is a bit of a plug for Gents Camp, by the way. I just realized I'm even wearing a Gents Camp shirt, but hey, Gents Camp for life. Um but you know that's that, that's where um God is gonna meet us and God is gonna meet our young people, not necessarily uh, through their families, and saying that parents have a very important role, and I think that we should be praying um, for our families. I think we should be praying for parents and grandparents in this room. Um, maybe you've got a brother or sister who's not walking with God. Um, we should be praying for them, and ask others to pray with you. You know, it, the pressure is not on you. The pressure is off. We're not doing this alone. Um, hang on, I'm showing you the the bad pictures. Wait a second, that's the one I want to get to. Um, you know, we're in this together. We're a team of people. We're the village that raises the children together. We want to love our kids and we want to help each other um, bring those kids to Christ. Sometimes that means tough conversations. Yeah, definitely. Um, but let's not do that alone. Let's journey together with each other. Um, all right, now I'm going to go back a little bit, back to my other practical tips. Here we go. Mr. Bean. Has anyone seen the episode of Mr. Bean when he goes to church? Uh, another thing is, let's not make church boring, okay? No, I've never met somebody that said, oh, gee, I loved that service when it was hideously boring, all right? We don't want, no one likes boring church. So when the kids are in church, um, let's make it exciting. Let's make it fun. Let's, I'm not saying we have to bring the wiggles in or something like that, But um, <laughs> although <laughs> wouldn't it be cool to see Angus wear a skivvy for the last couple of songs? Um, <laughs> but, you know, let's, uh, let's make it exciting, you know, um, And let's live out that passion that we have for God. And that's going to look different for everybody. But um, particularly if you're getting up and you're speaking here at church, uh, whether it's communion or whether it's announcements, maybe you're worship leading, maybe you're doing an announcement for something, You know, um, think about what you're going to say and actually think about the range of people, not just the kids. Think about the old people. Think about the, the range of people that you're going to speak to. When I prepared this, I didn't just pray for kids. I didn't just pray for parents. I prayed for everyone that was going to hear it. That God would make it relevant to each person. Um, yeah, this is a, this, I said this morning, this is an accurate picture of Tim and the elders. Um, but that, that is absolutely not true. Um, <laughs> practically me and the elders, no. Um, <laughs> but, oh, I just clicked something. Oh, this is how you do it. Oh, now I, know how, I can click on any slide that I want to now. I don't know how, I must have accidentally pressed the button, but now my life's just gotten a lot better. Anyway, ADHD times 1,000 right here. So what I want to say to you guys is, um, and I've experienced this uh, here, I've experienced it in in my school, I've experienced a lot of places where I feel incredible pressure on me as kind of like the leader of stuff to get stuff done, to make sure stuff's going well. There is nothing worse, in my opinion, there is nothing worse than when a leader, when a parent, uh, even when a student comes at me, with something they're disgruntled about and they're just really harsh. Um, if you're harsh with your leaders, you'll burn them out. You know, the Bible talks about honoring your leaders and loving your leaders. Absolutely, you need to correct them. Absolutely. I've had so many times where people have come to me and they've said, hey, nah, you need to fix that. All right? But I'm telling you, when you get that nasty long email, you tune out. I've got to be honest I, don't, I just am like, well, you know what? I'm not, I, don't know I, I don't even know if I want to help this person because they sound like. They've made up their mind anyway. So let's love each other. Let's love our leaders. I need your support. I'm going to be honest. I need encouragement. I need constant encouragement. People are coming up to me and saying, yep, it's going well. You know, um, I often bounce ideas off H and off Dan and off Anna, and going, hey, how's this going? And they'll be honest with me. Um, H will be like, no, nah, we need to change it. And Anna's like, Anna goes quiet. She's well, honestly... You know she does that, and you're like, oh, I've stuffed up. Anyway, um, th- oh, but thank you for that. I need that. I really do. Um, and in the same way, I love when people come up and encourage and say, hey, thanks, that was great, blah, blah, blah. Um, the next one, this is a picture of our kids ministry in the mornings. Um, you know, help out if you're able to practically help out. At the moment, I've only got two people helping out at Rivers Kids in the morning on an, in an official capacity. We'd love to have more people come along and help us out with that. Um, Matthew 18, it says this. Jesus called over a child whom he stood in the middle of the room and said, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one and start over like children, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again like this child will rank high in God's kingdom. What's more, when you receive the child like on my account, it's the same as receiving me. You know, we're all called to be children. We are called the children of God. You know, in Romans it says, we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. You know, he's our dad and we're his kids. We're in this together, all right? Whether you're two years old or 102 years old or anywhere in between or anywhere before or after, if there are people as well. You know, we are a family of God raising each other in the faith, encouraging each other in the faith. And as we move to that same direction, which is the center of his heart, and we come from all the various places on earth, as we do that, we actually come closer together. In unity, and I believe that that's an incredibly important thing. We can disagree about the how, and I think we should disagree, and I think we should have robust debates about how we do ministry. You know, Tim talked a lot about that. I don't know if it was last week or the week before about you know how we implement the gospel, but the why stays the same because we want people to have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, "But if you give them a hard time, bullying or taking advantage of their simple trust." You'll soon wish you hadn't. You'd be better off dropped in the middle of the lake with a millstone around your neck. Believe me, I don't like lakes. Um, anyway, let that parasitic joke go interesting. Doom to the world for giving these God believing children a hard time. And I love this part. He says, Hard times are inevitable, but you don't have to make it worse, and it's doomsday to you if you do. And these are harsh warning guys. I mean, Jesus is really pretty upfront about kids he's like hey listen and this isn't just talking about um physical under 18 kind of children but children of the faith as well it's our job to shine his light into the lives of the people around us because i'm telling you um it makes a difference um you know this is my small group um plus a few extras you know, they're, they're, they're kind of my main crew. They're the guys that I'm praying for almost on a daily basis. Um, and again, I'd like to thank them for being here. That's great. Good on your boys. Anyway, um, you know, we've got our junior youth group um, of, of kids who are absolutely awesome. Be praying for our junior youth group. Um, I'm allowed to share this photo. There's a couple of boys from my school, you know. Be praying not just for Kalang, but be praying for all of our local schools. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you've got someone in your family. Be praying for them. Um, you know we've got boys and girls brigade at our church. Be praying for those guys as well. These guys are so important. Every single one of them is a child of God. Is made in His image. Uh, and of course, there's our, our kids ministry on a Sunday as well. Um, I want to finish with this, and maybe we can get the um, the team up on stage as we um, as we move towards some worship again. But Francis Chan said, "I want to train my kids so where they are the only believers." They can stand on their own two feet and teach others. It's kind of what I was saying before. At some stage, we cross the bridge into being in and of our own faith. You've got a little follower here, Angus. I think you're going to have to worship lead with, uh, with a little uh, sidekick. Um, you know, this is incredibly important. This is important that we are not filling kids' heads with knowledge. We are not filling our, our neighbours' heads with knowledge. We are actually inviting them to come to war with us, because being a Christian isn't just patting little sheep and cuddling babies. We're actually entering into a war where God and Satan are, are going after our heart. And God will have His way because God knows what He's doing. But we are absolutely going to be attacked. You know, this church, you know, has lots of things going on for a lot of people. If you're in ministry or you've actively tried to help someone know God, you know. That so many things get in the way. I don't know how many times we do a camp and almost every single camp, somebody's car breaks down or somebody has an accident on the way there or somebody can't make it because of sickness or this happens and this happens and this happens. But at the end of the day, God has his way. Rivers, I want to encourage you guys and I especially want to encourage my youth leaders As a church, I think we're really good at this stuff. This isn't me coming and saying, do this because you're not doing it. This is me saying, hey, a lot of this is at our subconscious. Let's bring it to the forefront of our mind. Let's encourage each other to actively be doing this stuff. Because I'm telling you now, when I was in hospital in 2017 for most of the year, I saw Jesus because people from this church fed me. People from this church Helped financially provide. I'm sorry if I'm getting emotional. People from this church came and visited me. The elders came and anointed me with oil. People, Tim started to pray for Josh Page. And my phone would literally go flat with the blessings. And if it wasn't for that, I'm, I reckon I'd be dead. I saw Jesus, and that's the Jesus that I want the young people of this community to see. That's the Jesus that I want the young people of this community to know, to love, to see that absolute adoration, because the reason that people do those things for each other, the reason people that did those things for me is because they have Jesus in their hearts. And That's what I want to see, don't you? Don't you want to see that? I want to finish with one uh, quick story. Uh, Anyone here know Drew Unwin, the Unwin family? Um, So Drew's one of David Unwin's kids. Uh, I met Drew on Christmas camp years and years and years ago, I think 2007 or something like that. And in the last few years as a teenager, he's kind of not really been walking with God. You know, he's trying to do the right thing of go to church with his family, but then he sort of stopped going, hanging out with the wrong crowd. We caught up, I think it was maybe end of last year, start of this year. And me, among many other people, kind of, you know, helping to reach out to him kind of thing. We just went to Schnitz and we, we, we were just having dinner. And he brought it up. He said, you know, I need to get my relationship with God back on track. And I said, how are you going to do that? He said, I think I, think I want to go to France to do YWAM because that's where his older brother Luke is. And I said to him, if you go, I will pray for you and, uh, and I will financially help you out. Um, and a lot of other people sort of encouraged him. And a couple of months ago, Drew left... And it was kind of a bit of a make or break. He's 19 years old. It's like, you know, where's he at with God? And I got this message at 2.04 a.m. yesterday, Saturday morning, 2.04 a.m. Um, it's a really long message, so let me find out. And I'm not, this is not me trying to big note myself. This is actually me trying to tell you that if, you, if we do the little things and we trust God in those, you just don't know what he can do. So you can insert your own story in here, but I want to encourage you guys just with what God did in this story. Drew said, One crazy thing God brought up this week was a vision you got for me one Christmas camp. I don't remember getting a vision for him, but let's just go with it. He said, We were doing some random prophecy thing. It sounds like a cult. And the vision you had was of me as a pirate leading people up a hill. And they were following me, they were following my example and my sense of humor. And it was such an awesome thing to bring up this week as some other people had been praying over me, similar stuff and getting the same vision believe in God <laughs> man and he says this and this just man this just bless me he said but I just want to say thank you for the example you showed me as a kid of what a Christ follower looks like how you broke free from the religious principles that I hated and you just relied on your relationship with God and how that was all that matters not how well you do at church blah 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 if we trust God and we say yes to him in the little things and I'm not saying we'd be perfect I reckon I could equally get text messages from other people that say Josh Lack hurt me and Josh Lack affected my faith in a negative way but if we trust God and we listen to him and we say yes to him he's going to do amazing things church believe it the pressure is not on us right it's his mission sorry it's his responsibility but it's our mission and he calls us to partner with him in that and I want to pray and just say, thank you, God, for that. I really pray right now over the young people that enter this building during the week. God, there's hundreds of kids that come here through, through all the different ministries every week. And I just pray for the leaders. I pray for the parents. I pray for all of those involved. And God, and I pray for this us as a church. Let us come around those families. Uh, Lord, Let us, let us... Actively show the love that you've given us, Father. In Jesus' name, I'm praying this. And I really pray again, God, as I just feel so led to pray for the prodigals. Bring them home, God. Bring them home, wherever they are, God. For those of us who we've had brothers and sisters, we've had children, grandchildren walk away from you. Their story isn't over, and we believe, God, that you're going to do miracles. We believe, God, that you're still after their heart. We know that you are. Bring them home in Jesus' name. we just say we love you God and we just want to worship you and we want to praise you grow us together as a community grow us closer to your heart in Jesus name